Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. You're here because you're a high-achieving woman that wants it all. The success, wealth, time freedom, and genuine joy in your life. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I'm here to tell you, you can. You can have it all. But what is true wealth? It's not just money and achievements because success without happiness and fulfillment isn't success at all. Here, we're going to have conversations about creating a beautiful life alongside the success that you're striving for. If you want to create long-lasting success that's fully in alignment with the life you desire to live by working less, making more, and stepping into the version of yourself you've always wanted to be, then you're in the right place. Let's roll into today's episode. Hello, gorgeous ladies, and welcome back to the show. I could not be more excited that you are here today because we are diving into module nine of Unlock the Magic Within 2.0, which means the time has arrived to talk about money. Money, 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 which is one of my absolute favorite things to talk about. I'm so excited that we are here. And oh my gosh, I cannot wait to just give it to you. Now, before I begin, I have to start with two disclaimers. Number one, everything I talk about in this episode is for educational purposes only. I am not a financial advisor. I am not a certified financial anything. I do not know your specific financial situation. So again, everything in this episode is for informational and educational purposes only. Disclaimer number two. As I was sitting down to write out the notes for this episode, I had a really hard time narrowing it down to keep this thing within 30 to 60 minutes. There is so much to teach you about money and there's no way I could fit it all into one episode. And that is exactly why I have an entire program on money called The Money Mind. So if after listening to this episode, you're like, hmm, I want to dive into this further. I really want to explore this. I want to learn a different way of thinking about money, being with money, a different I want to instill new beliefs. I want to tell new stories about money. I want to shift my perspective. I want to completely change my relationship with money to attract more money in than the money mind is for you. I will leave the link to the sales page for that program in the show notes. So you just have to scroll down, click the link. It'll take you to the sales page, which gives you all of the details. There are multiple payment plan options and it is a self-paced course. So as soon as you enroll and you hit that submit button, you get access to the program. You can dive right in and you can start removing the blocks that you have around money, the things that are holding you back from attracting more money into your life. So today we're just touching the surface, 
But my hope is that this episode or this module really gets you thinking. This module gets you questioning things. This module brings to light things or reasons that you may not have been aware of before as to why you are not creating the success in your life and specifically the financial success within your life and or your business career that you ultimately desire. So let's begin. In the last couple of modules, we have talked about really bringing your limiting beliefs, stories, thought patterns and programs into your conscious awareness and then we learned the step-by-step process to start to question those limiting beliefs to challenge them to poke holes in them so that we can release them and then write new beliefs stories programs and patterns that serve us so limiting beliefs around money are just a specific type of limiting belief and As women, we can have some really detrimental beliefs and rules about money that are literally repelling money from us. If you think about it, as women, we really haven't had that much experience with money, right? So it's really just within the last century or so that women have begun to make money of their own, have begun to learn how to manage money, have dealt with money. Prior to that, women didn't really deal with money. It was the men who always dealt with money. So money in the hands of women is actually a relatively new thing in the whole grand scheme of things. And women tend to have a harder time with money because for so many generations, we just didn't deal with money, right? We didn't go to work. We didn't earn our own money. We weren't the ones who handled the finances. And we're going to talk about how money beliefs and ways of being with money are passed down from generation to generation. So we have that that's kind of working against us, if you will. We also have societal beliefs around women with money that are very, very deeply ingrained in our society. If you think about how women with money are typically portrayed in society, it's not necessarily in a positive light, right? Like you think about movies or shows and typically a woman who has a lot of money is portrayed as a bitch. She is portrayed as being not nice. She is portrayed as being someone who doesn't have a significant other, who doesn't have a family. We have these either or beliefs that are portrayed to us, right? Like you can either have money and be successful or you can have a family life and have a happy relationship and be a great mom. But you can't be both. That is the story that is portrayed to us the majority of the time. And I hope that when you think about it, you're like, yeah, she's right. Like that is typically how women who have a lot of money or who are very successful are portrayed. So we have that working against us. If you think back just to 
our parents' generation or even our grandparents' generation and you think about women with money, there is this story that is deeply ingrained within our society that basically when we become moms, we should not care about ourselves anymore, right? We shouldn't be spending money on ourselves. We should put ourselves last. We should self-sacrifice. Everything should become before ourselves. And if we do spend money on ourselves or if we do take care of ourselves, that's looked down upon because that is portrayed as selfish. So we have that working against us. Then we have, like I mentioned before, generational beliefs around money within our lineage. So the one thing that I want you to understand from the beginning is that your beliefs around money, your way of being with money is influenced by so many things. But one of the, if not the biggest thing that influences your way of thinking and being with money is within your lineage, is what your parents thought about money and how they were with money and what their parents thought about money and how they were with money and so on and so forth down your lineage. Because money beliefs are passed down from generation to generation. If you think about what you learned about money, it probably was either from conversations with your parents or from just observing your parents. In my conversations with women over the past few years, what I found is that most women's parents don't teach them about money, like at all, right? And so we're just kind of winging it. And we're just going off of what we see, what we see our parents do, what we hear our parents say. And because beliefs, money beliefs, are passed down from generation to generation, what it has created really are these two silos. So there's this group of people who are living a reality with money that is based in lack. And then there is a group of people who are living a reality with money based in abundance. And yes, there are multiple realities that all exist at the same time. But it basically creates these two silos that very rarely interact because money beliefs are passed down from generation to generation. Typically, children will earn about the same amount that their parents earn And they will earn about the amount, the same amount as their friends will earn or the people within their network will earn. And that's because we like to surround ourselves with people who are similar to us, right? And so we have created these two silos, these two very different realities with money, and there's very little overlap. But the cool thing about the time that we are currently living in is that now with the internet, with social media, we are actually able to gain access to people who are living a different reality than we are with money, right? We can be in their environments. We can take courses. We can take programs. We can 
talk to them, we can learn from them. And that was something that was not available in the past. And so for a very, very, very long time, there were these two distinct silos. Now we get to bridge that gap. We get to cross over. We get to decide, is this way of being with money serving me or Is there a different way of being with money? Are there different beliefs about money that I desire to adopt to create a different reality with money? So we have all of these things that have created our beliefs and ways of being with money, which as you know, if you think about the hierarchy of change, that along with your identity around money is what creates your, is what trickles down to your behaviors with money and then creates your results with money, right? So as women, we have a lot of these detrimental beliefs around money and what they do is they basically create this wall in front of us that repels money so I love this example I came up with this example a couple of years ago and it is just the perfect visual for what I'm talking about I want you to think about a wind tunnel so think about a really long wind tunnel and at one end there is a big fan and right in front of that fan there's a door and at the other end is you. (laughs) Okay, so you're standing at one end and at the other end is a big fan with a door. And I want you to imagine someone opening that door and just dumping money into the wind tunnel right in front of that fan. And that fan is turned on full blast. And that money, those bills, that cash is just making its way towards you, right? What our limiting beliefs, stories, thoughts, patterns, and programs around money do is they basically create a wall in front of us in that wind tunnel. So the money is coming at us. It is trying to make its way to us. And yet we have this wall in front of us. And so the money bounces off the wall and it cannot make its way to us. So what money mindset and energetic work does is it eliminates that wall we work on disintegrating that wall so that the money that is trying to make its way to you because money is always trying to make its way to you actually can make its way to you right just like everything else on this planet in this universe money is energy We talked about this in, I can't even remember what module it is at this point of Unlock the Magic Within 2.0, but we talked about how on an atomic level, everything is energy, which means that money is simply energy too. And because it is energy, it is always responding to our energy. So we have to look at what is our primary energy around money? right? What is our primary energy around money? What are our primary thoughts, beliefs, and stories about money? We really want to do this work on the front end and identify these because if we don't do this work, 
if we don't get our money mindset in a place that is supportive of us actually having the kind of money that we desire, it actually doesn't matter how much money you have. It does not matter how much money you have. You will always feel lack around money. And that might blow you away. You might think, how could I earn multiple six figures or seven figures and feel lack? It's because of unconscious habits, programs, beliefs, and patterns that that you've had for a lifetime. Just because you start to bring in more money doesn't mean those will just go away. There are many, 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 many millionaires who feel lack around money. I have felt lack around money when there's been a whole heck of a lot of money in my bank account. It is possible, it is probable, it is highly likely that that will happen for you if you don't look at your money mindset. And this is actually one of the reasons why the majority of people who win the lottery end up going broke. I don't know if you've heard that statistic, but it's there's a statistic out there that like the large majority of people who end up winning the lottery go broke. And you might be thinking, how could that happen? How is that possible? It's because their foundation with money, their thoughts, their beliefs, their stories, their programs around money does not support them having money. So when the money comes in, it's not in alignment with their foundation. We've talked about this. Their reality is not in alignment with their subconscious foundation and their subconscious foundation creates their reality. So if there's a misalignment, what's in your subconscious will always win out. What, what's in your subconscious will always create your next reality. And so you could have that money and those people get this huge influx of money, but they don't have a supportive foundation to actually hold on to that money. And so they end up going broke. So that is how important this work is. So money is energy just like everything else. It vibrates at a certain frequency. So I want you to think about a wave and energy is waves. Waves have frequency. So since everything is energy, everything is waves. Everything has a frequency and we are a match for the things that are at the same frequency that we are, right? So Money is energy. It is operating or vibrating at a certain frequency. And we want to make sure that our internal state of consciousness creates a frequency that is a match for money, right? We want to make sure that we are operating at a frequency that is similar to the frequency of money so that money can make its way to us. The other thing I want you to know about money or two more things I want you to know about money is money itself is neither good or bad. Money is a neutral resource. Money is a man-made construct. Money is a man-made thing, right? (laughs) Like we created money as a way to simplify our lives hundreds and thousands of years ago, right? 
So money is something that man made and it is completely neutral. It is not good or bad. Good people use money for good things. Bad people use money for bad things. It also doesn't actually have power. We give it power. And we are very good at giving money a lot of power. We are very, very good at putting money on a pedestal. One thing that I really help my clients do, my private clients do, and one thing that I really walk you through in the money mind is how to take money off a pedestal and take our power back. Because when we put things on a pedestal, we are saying they are separate from us. We are saying we don't have them, which creates lack, right? It creates an immense sense of lack. And that is one of the biggest things that we get into with money is most people are living in, most women are living in this constant state of lack with money. So money is neutral. Money is a neutral resource. And when we learn to take it off the pedestal and when we learn that money itself doesn't actually create feelings or emotions because it is just energy and it is just neutral and we can create the feelings and the emotions that we desire internally separate from money, independent of money, then we take the pressure off of money We shift ourselves into a state of abundance and then we become an energetic match for more money to flow to us. So good people use money for good. Bad people use money for bad. Money is neither good nor bad. It is neutral. But if you believe that money is the source of all evil or if you believe that money will change you into a bad person, you will never attract the kind of money you desire because those beliefs will create a block from that money coming to you because you don't want to be a bad person, right? You don't want to be a bad person. You don't want evil in your life. So if you believe these things about money, that is one thing that's holding you back from bringing in more money. I believe the wealthy woman makes self-care a top priority because she knows how she shows up in the world when she is feeling her best. And part of feeling her best is putting her best face forward, which means taking care of her skin. I know for me, when my skin isn't looking its best, when I have blemishes, I don't feel nearly as confident as I do when my skin is clear, clean, bright, and glowing. And that's actually why I switched to Dime. I had been seeing Dime all over the social medias for over a year, and honestly, I thought that influencers were just getting paid to talk about how great these products were. But then my friend, who is equally skeptical, decided to give it a try, actually to prove that it wasn't that great and what happened was the exact opposite. She completely fell in love and became a raving fan of the Dime products, so I decided I had to give them a try because I was seriously struggling with my skin. I was having breakouts throughout the month, more breakouts than I had ever had before at 36 years old, and I was getting so frustrated. So I went all in. I ordered all of the products. Within a week of starting the Dime regimen, my skin completely cleared up, and it's remained clear for the last five 
five months. I rarely get blemishes anymore. My skin feels so youthful, smooth, glowing, bright, and clean, and I feel incredibly confident and beautiful. Because it has done such wonders for me and my skin, I decided that I just have to share it with you because the wealthy woman feels gorgeous. She feels beautiful. She feels confident, and I know that clean, clear, bright, youthful skin contributes to that. So if you want to give Dime a try, scroll down, click the link in the show notes, and use the code Lauren underscore Francois 20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. Again, that's Lauren underscore Francois 20 at check out to receive 20% off your first order. I'll also include in the show notes my regimen, but I will tell you my favorite products are the Hyper Glow Serum, the Hyaluronic Acid Serum, and the Dewy Day Cream. Oh my gosh, they are so luxurious. They are so spectacular and you will not regret giving them a try. So On that note, I think there was one other thing I wanted to say about money, and that is that money is very emotional. (laughs) Money is not logical. As much as we want money to be logical, the way we are with money and the decisions we make around money are very much driven by our emotions and our feelings. So you can look at money on paper and say, well, this would be the logical thing to do. But so often women don't do the logical thing with money because it is so deeply influenced by our feelings and our emotions. So we have to take that into consideration when we're looking at how we behave with money, what we do with our money, what we think about our money. So I really want you to walk away from this module with some tangible things that you can do. So I want to talk about common money blocks and things that you might be thinking and doing that are seriously holding you back from attracting the kind of money that you desire. So the first super common money block is I don't have enough money. You are living in a perpetual state of lack when it comes to money. And we've talked about this. What you focus on expands. What you focus on is what you draw more of into your life. Your beliefs create your reality. So if you believe that you do not have enough money, then you are never going to have enough money. And this is where we circle back to it doesn't matter how much money you actually have because there's always more money to have. Money is an infinite resource. There's always more money to have. And so if you believe that you don't have enough, even if you have a million dollars, you're going to feel like you don't have enough and you're going to create a reality or a reality is going to be reflected back to you that represents you not having enough. And this is so common. Most women feel like they don't have enough money, right? I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I need more. I need more. I need more. And what they don't realize is by constantly focusing on that, they're perpetuating more of that. So how do we shift ourselves out of not enough? I don't have enough. I want you to look around your house or your apartment 
Do you use every single thing that is currently in your house or your apartment? I'm guessing the answer is no. I talked about this in a previous episode. Do you have a pantry? Is there food in your pantry that you do not use that just sits there for months and months and months? Is there food in your refrigerator or (laughs) condiments maybe? Or things in your freezer that just sit there for months and months and months? Are there clothes in your closet that fit you that you don't wear? Simply because maybe they were last season, maybe you don't like them anymore. We are already surrounded by so much more than enough. And if we can just see that, and if we can just realize that, then we are shifting ourselves immediately into a state of abundance. Nothing has changed, right? Do you see that? That nothing has changed except for our viewpoint, except for how we're thinking about our situation. So we can change our reality simply by changing our viewpoint, simply by changing how we look at things. Most of us are already living in way more than enough because our true needs are so minimal as humans, right? We need shelter, we need air, we need water, we need food, and we need safety or security, like uh, like safety. Most of us have those things. We have shelter, we have food, we have water, we have air to breathe, and we have safety. So everything else is above and beyond. Everything else is more than enough. And so if we can realize that we're already living in more than enough and if we can remind ourselves daily that we already have more than enough then we are putting ourselves into a state of being that is more than enough and then what we do is we begin to attract things that are more than enough we begin to attract overflow so instead of constantly focusing on what you don't have can we constantly focus on or consistently focus on and bring ourselves back to all of the things that we do have. So practicing gratitude. And in module 10, we're going to talk all about gratitude. But practicing gratitude for everything that we do already have. Practicing gratitude for the food that you have. For the air that you breathe. For the heat that you have in your home. For the money to pay for your phone bill. For your internet. For the clothes that you have. We forget about those things, right? Because we want money for the things that are not the necessities. We want money for the things that are above and beyond. But we're never going to get more if we can't be grateful for the things that we already have. So practicing gratitude for everything you already have, practicing gratitude for every penny that comes in. And I do mean every penny. So if you find a penny, I want you to celebrate that penny like you just found a $100 bill. Because why would the universe bring you more if you're not grateful for the little things? The universe is not going to give you the big things if you're not grateful for the little things. So we have to start feeling grateful for the littlest of things. So when you find a penny, celebrate it. When you find a dime, Celebrate it. Celebrate it like you just found a $20 bill or you found a $100 bill. And know that you are always supported and there's always enough for your desires, right? Can we start living into that belief? Can we look around and say, you know what? 
I may not have the kind of money right now that I ultimately dream of having, but I have enough. I have enough. I am supported. I am always being supported and the universe is always matching my energy. The universe is always matching my internal state of consciousness. The universe is always matching or creating a a reality that is in alignment with my foundation. So that is the first common money block is I don't have enough money. The second is that money is going to run out. And this is fear and lack around money as well. So let's talk about this. Money can never actually run out. Like I said, money is an infinite resource. It is always circulating. There is a limitless amount of it on this planet. There is always more of it being made. So money itself can actually never run out. Now you can run out of money, right? You can temporarily run out of money, but there's always ways to make more money especially in this day and age. There are infinite ways to make money. So even if you run out, you can always make more. And I really want you to think about this. Have you ever actually spent your last dollar? I'm guessing most of you have never actually spent your last dollar. You just have this imaginary fear of money running out and that is partially because our brains are meant to focus on danger right like our brains are the purpose of our brain is to keep us safe the purpose of our subconscious mind is to keep us alive and so our brains are really good at picking out all the potential dangers in our environment and money running out is a potential danger even though we know now that money can't actually run out because there's always money circulating and there's always ways that you can make money but our brain will look at that and tick that off as a potential danger. So I want you to ask yourself have you ever actually spent your last dollar because I had this fear too. I had this fear of money running out even though I had never actually spent my last dollar. I had never actually had money run out. It just was this constant fear that I had and so I was a perpetual saver we're going to talk about saving in a second but I was a perpetual saver but I saved which you would think that's a great thing like being a good saver would be a great thing however my saving was always from an energetic place of lack so even though there was a good intention because it was coming from a place of lack, I never felt like there was enough. So we're going back to the first common money belief, which is, or block, which is I don't have enough money. And no matter how much I had, there was a fear of money running out. And so I never felt like I had enough. And so I would save even more and more and more from a place of lack. And I never felt like I could spend any money. And I know that so many of you are resonating with this because this is a very, very common thing for us women. So that is the second common money block. The third is playing games with or creating rules around your money. So going back to saving, I would play these games with my money where I would say, once my savings account gets to this amount, then I'm going to buy myself blank or I'm going to do blank and what I would do is I would save to that amount but because I was had all these limiting beliefs around money and I was in a constant energetic state of lack with money when I would get to that threshold 
I wouldn't feel like it was enough. So I'd be like, no, 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 no. Okay. I know I said when I got to this amount that I would do this thing, but it actually doesn't feel like that's enough. So I'm going to keep saving. And then when I get to this next amount, then I'm going to do the thing. But then I would get to the next amount and it wouldn't feel like enough. And I wouldn't do the thing. And so I was playing these games with money. And I never spent money on me because I didn't trust the money that I had. And because money is energy, I want you to think of money as your friend. Money is your best friend. So if money is your best friend and you are constantly not keeping your promises to your money, what is that money going to do? Think about a friendship. If you had a friend who was like, we've got to go out to dinner, we've got to go grab drinks, and you scheduled a night to do that. And then like that day, your friend called you and said, I'm so sorry, something came up. I can't make it tonight. Let's reschedule. The first time that happened, you'd probably be completely understanding. You'd be like, yep, that's fine. No big deal. Let's do it. And you would reschedule. But then what if that second time came around that you rescheduled and the friend called you again and they were like, I'm sorry, I can't make it. You would be like, okay, you would be really bummed. And you would say, okay, let's reschedule. Well, then what if they did it a third time? Then you would start to get annoyed, right? You'd be like, what is up? Like, what is going on? Is this friend really that good of a friend? What if it happened a fourth time? Eventually, you wouldn't even reschedule. You wouldn't really want to hang out with that person because they kept canceling on you. Money is that friend. You are in an intimate relationship with your money. So you, when you play games with your money, when you don't keep the promises that you make to your money, your money is not going to want to be friends with you. Money wants to go because it's energy. It wants to go where it's loved, where it's respected, where it's celebrated, where it's appreciated, right? Just like we want to be in relationships where we are loved, where we are respected, where we are celebrated, where we are treated well, where we are appreciated. And yet so many of us are not treating our money that way. We are not trusting it. We are not respecting it. We are not appreciating the money that we have. We are not celebrating it. And it's like, heck no, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. You treat me poorly. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to go to a woman who does those things for me because that's the kind of relationship I want to be in. So the third common money block is playing games with our money not trusting our money, and not following through on the promises that we make for our money. Now let's talk about debt. So we're going to talk briefly briefly about debt. And I want you to think of debt the same way that you think of money. Debt is simply energy, just like money is simply energy. Debt is not good or bad. Debt is a choice we make to pay something off over time. And one of my favorite money mentors, Amanda Francis, said that. She said, debt is not good or bad. It is simply a choice to pay something off over time. Debt is actually neutral, but we assign it meaning. We assign everything meaning. 
I want you to understand that. Everything is neutral until we assign it meaning. So we give debt the meaning that it has, but because we're the ones who assign it meaning, we get to choose the meaning that we assign it. So I think it's really interesting that we say that like some debt is good bad, good debt, but some ba- debt is bad debt. And who decided that, right? Like there's there's somebody out there who decided that there's good debt and there's bad debt. Like debt going into or debt that's created from a mortgage or even like student loan debt is considered to be good debt, but credit card debt is considered to be bad debt, right? What if you just decided that you weren't going to agree with the constructs that someone else created or the meaning that someone else gave something? What if you decided I'm going to give debt the meaning that I want to give it? I'm going to give debt a meaning that serves me. I want you to ask yourself, what do you desire to do with regards to your debt and why? Because I will tell you that very wealthy people use debt to their advantage in ways that you cannot even fathom. It would blow your mind how wealthy people use debt. And yet we sit here and beat ourselves up over certain kinds of debt that we have to the point that we get ourselves feeling so horrible about money that we attract really negative things with regards to our money. So what if you just created a plan you felt good about to pay off your debt and you stuck to that plan and you stopped worrying about it? How would that feel? And if you got to a place where that plan didn't feel good anymore, then at that point you can change the plan, right? Like nothing is permanent. We do something in a way that feels good for us until it doesn't feel good anymore, and then we can decide to do something different. We can always change our course. We can always change our plan. We can always change our path. And a perfect example of this is um, taking it back to Amanda Francis. I remember when I read her book, she has an incredible money mindset book called Rich As F-U-C-K. I won't say the word. And in that book, she talks about how she was a multimillionaire and she still had student loan debt. I think she said she still had like $80,000 in student loan debt and she was making multi a multi multi-million dollars every single year. But it just wasn't a priority for her to pay off that debt. She really just didn't care about it. So she didn't worry about it. She made the minimum payments on it and that was it. And then she got to a point where she did want to pay off that debt. And so she created a plan to pay it off. But how good would it feel to be that neutral about your debt? To not give debt any sort of meaning, right? And again, I am not a certified financial planner. I am not a certified financial advisor. I do not know your specific situation. There is so much gray area when it comes to money and debt and finances. There are so many nuances. So This is purely for educational and informational purposes only. This is my opinion. But what if 
you didn't assign a negative meaning to your debt. How would that change things? And instead of focusing on your debt, what if you chose to focus on more money coming in? What if you chose to focus on more money coming in versus focusing on the debt? If you are focusing on abundance versus focusing on lack, you are going to create more abundance. So if you're constantly focused on your debt, you're actually going to create more lack. But if you focus on bringing more money in, if you focus focus on abundance, if you focus on overflow, then you're going to create overflow. So next let's talk about spending. So the energy in which we do things is very important when it comes to money. So I talked about how I used to save from a place of lack. I save a ton of money still, but what's shifted is I now save from a place of overflow and I save from a place of abundance, not from a place of lack. We can do the same thing with spending. Are you spending from a place of abundance or are you spending from a place of lack? Or another way of putting it is, are you spending with love or are you spending with fear? I'm guessing that the majority of the time you are spending from a place of lack and fear, which is once the money leaves you, you feel lack. You feel like it is gone. It is never coming back. There is like a hole where that money used to be, right? We do this even with things that we're really excited to spend on. We buy this thing that we've always wanted to buy and we have it. And instead of feeling gratitude and love for the thing that we got in exchange for the money, because money is simply a resource that we exchange things for, We feel lack because the money is gone. I'm guessing that resonates with a lot of you. So I want you to start thinking about what is my energetic state when I'm spending? Am I spending from a state of love and abundance or and and gratitude? Or am I spending from a place of fear and lack? Can I feel grateful for the transaction and for the thing that I'm receiving in exchange for the money that I'm paying. And we can do this for the most basic things. We can do this with our bills. We can do this with taxes. We can do this for groceries. We can do this for anything, right? So one thing that I started to do a couple years ago is I started to, every time I spent money, I would pause and feel grateful for that money that I had to to get the thing that I was receiving. So when I would pay my bills, I would write actually on the bill paid with love on the certain date and I would pause and feel gratitude for the thing I was receiving. I would feel gratitude for my cell phone. I'd feel gratitude for my heat, my electricity. I'd feel gratitude for my internet. These are incredible things that we're getting for the money that we're spending. And yet so often we're so unconscious of these things. We don't think about these things. We don't pause and take a moment to feel grateful for the thing we're receiving. I'm grateful for the food I'm receiving in place of the money that I'm exchanging. I'm grateful for the trip 
that I got to go on, the memories that I created that will last a lifetime, the experiences that I had. I'm grateful for the clothes on my body that I am decorating myself with in exchange for the money that I spent. Can you get yourself into a state of gratitude? Taxes are coming up. I do this with taxes, you guys. Whenever I go to pay my taxes, because we own businesses, we typically owe money in taxes every year. Whenever I go to make that tax payment, I pause and I feel gratitude for the money to make that payment and for the things I'm receiving in exchange for paying my taxes, right? All the things that our taxes go towards. It's a conscious choice that I make. So can you pay your bills with love? Can you spend with love? Can you pay your taxes with love? I want you to start bringing your awareness and your intention to your energetic state when you are doing things with money. Whether it be saving, whether it be with your debt, whether it be spending, What is your primary energetic state? And for most of you, I'm guessing that your primary energetic state when it comes to money is lack. And that is why you are constantly feeling lack. And nothing has to change for you to shift yourself into a state of abundance, in a state of gratitude, in a state of love, in a state of overflow. Really, I mean that. Nothing has to change except for the way that you think about these things. And once you change how you think about them, once you change your state, you're going to start to see things start to change. So I just want to recap some things that you can start doing today to shift your energetic state with money. Number one, gratitude for every penny. I want you to start tracking all of the money that's flowing in. Every single penny. And I want you to feel grateful for every single penny that flows in. Number two, I want you to get intimate with your money. You are in an intimate relationship with your money. You are in a best friend friendship with your money. But I guarantee there are quite a few of you who... (laughs) don't want to look at your money. You have a fear of looking at your money. You don't really know what's going on with your money. You bury your head in the sand when it comes to your money. You are not treating your money like your best friend. So get intimate with your money. Know where it's going. Take control of it. Number three, start operating from a place of always enough and then more than enough. We talked about this, shifting ourselves into a state of I actually already have everything that I need, that I truly need to survive. Everything else is above and beyond. And I am already living in enough. I am already living in more than enough. Nothing has to happen for you to shift your perspective. And finally, number four, I want you to notice what your primary energetic state is when it comes to money. What kind of energy are you saving in? What kind of energy are you spending in? What kind of energy are you paying for things in? And can you start to shift your primary state of energy 
into a state of gratitude, a state of overflow, and a state of abundance. So I am going to stop there. This was an overview. This was just tapping the surface of this conversation. What I'm going to do is in the recap email that I send out for this program for Unlock the Magic Within 2.0, I'm also going to share some of my favorite money affirmations because I have some really good ones that are going to make you feel oh so amazing. So I'm going to share those in the recap email. If you have not signed up for this program, it is completely free. To sign up, all you have to do is scroll down to the show notes, click the link, enter your name and email, you'll be signed up. You'll get all of the emails for all of the previous modules and you'll get all of the emails moving forward. So that is where you're going to get these money affirmations. That's where you're going to get the journal prompts and the homework assignments. And then if this conversation, if this episode really got you thinking and you were like, wow, I'm starting to see now why I am not attracting the kind of money that I desire into my life, into my business, into my career, shift my mindset around money, heal my relationship around money. Get myself into a new state of being with money that has new beliefs, new stories, new patterns, new habits, new thoughts around money that actually serve me in creating the kind of life and business and career that I desire. Then check out The Money Mind. I would be So honored to have you in that program. I know that you're going to absolutely love it. You're going to get so much out of it. We apply a lot of what we have learned in Unlock the Magic Within 2.0 to money and we go so much deeper, so much deeper. It is truly an incredible program. So in order to check that out again, that link will also be in the show notes and you can begin that program today if you'd like. As soon as you submit, you get access to it and you can start working your way through it. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to email me or shoot me a quick message over on Instagram at Lauren underscore Francois and I would be happy to answer those for you or chat with you about what you feel like would be the best fit for you. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Tag me at Lauren underscore Francois on Instagram, and I will be sure to reshare your story. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this piqued your interest. I hope this shed some light on some things for you. I cannot wait to finish out this program, you guys. We only have three modules left at this point, which is just so crazy to think about. So I will be back next week with module 10, and we'll be diving into gratitude There is another episode dropping this week, which I know you're going to love. So keep an eye out for that. And I will talk to you at our next episode. Okay, you wealthy woman, real quick before you go. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends and leave me a review. 
leaving a review is so simple, but I didn't know how to do it at the beginning either, so I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, find this show, The Wealthy Woman, scroll down, you'll see stars, and with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I'd love you so much for taking the time to do this. In all honesty, the reviews are what help the podcast get into the hands of other women desiring to create true wealth and manifest their dream lives. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.